Good morning, church family. How are we doing? Thanks to Kevin for getting us started in the scripture, and we're going to get a little further into chapter 8 together here in just a moment. Um, when people first see me, a youth pastor and a school teacher and a camp director, and when kids would come up to me and look up in this general way to me, they would notice something about me, the same thing that many of you how tall are you? Then I would answer six foot six. And then the next inevitable question was, do you? Yes. No, I'm a jockey. Basketball, but not all tall people play basketball. And there are excellent, not so tall people that play basketball as well. So, but anyway, yes, there's an assumption about me playing basketball. I'm to play in college and I was trying to figure out where I was going to attend college, and I almost went to a school that was small enough where I could have played. I was okay, but I wasn't great. So I wasn't going to go play at any specific because of academic reasons. Then that meant that I was not going to play basketball because they were a Division I athletics program, and I am not Division I caliber. So my way past the secretary in the basketball office, whose last name was Olson, that was really cool. She spelled it wrong, but that was all right. Um, <laughs> I talked my way past the secretary, got to meet the coaching staff on this men's basketball team all through college, which was a blast. Traveling all over the country, um, seeing different things in practice, almost like an assistant coach. God used all that experience. I was a coach later on. Anyway, just telling you a little bit about this because I'm the basketball program. And uh, I put a lot of hours in each week serving in the basketball program because it was something I loved. So I was a full-time student office, seeing what I could do to help, learning from the coaches. And um, so to this day, one of these coaches in particular, you know, if I didn't have early class, I would get to the basketball office 8, 8.30 in the morning, 9 a.m. At, at the latest, uh, ready to help out. My mouth to the assistant coaches, most of the time they tell me was, hey, guys, so uh, where are we going to eat lunch today? <laughs> hey, guys, so what's for lunch? Basically, probably what's going on behind that was, who's going to buy my lunch today, Right. And uh, where I go somewhere new, I'm looking around for where my next meal is going to come from. We don't get to eat out very often, but I sure am looking for these excuses. Anybody relate to that? Looking for where your next meal is going to come from? Wondering about tomorrow's lunch? Well, um, as we get into the scripture this morning, you're, and thinking about their next meal causes them to be a little bit out to lunch, as that expression goes. So recall, we've been teaching right through the book of Mark. So back in chapter 6, we're now in chapter 8, back in chapter 6, Jesus took a few lit, and then in the beginning of chapter 8, which Kevin just read to us from God's word this morning, Jesus takes again. So that's the context of where we are going to pick up uh, the Bible passage this morning. So if you're not already there, just a moment. So whether you got a paper Bible or a digital Bible, it's all good, as Kevin said. Turn to Mark 8. We're going to start at chapter. Father God, I know as I come to you this morning, uh, even this morning, I'm, I'm feeling that's swirling in my mind and lots of different conversations and lots of things that just are part of life. And God, I know I'm not the only in our lives. And we talk about. Um, being kind of out to lunch and not seeing what you're up to. God, I pray that you would break through my friends here and that you would help us to hear from you this morning from your word. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So as we pick up the we know that he has fed thousands of people from very little a couple of different times. And as we start reading in verse 11, we're, we're, the Pharisees were the Jewish 
religious leaders of the day, these are the people that know the Old Testament, the people that should have been able to recognize Jesus. When Jesus arrives on the scene, the promised Messiah who would come and rescue his people, if anyone should have recognized Jesus as the promised rescuer, it should have been these guys came and began to argue with Jesus, seeking from him a sign from heaven to test him. And Jesus, why does this generation seek a sign? Truly, I say to you, no sign will be given to this generation. Sighed deeply, just exasperated, frustrated, saddened, perhaps, off seeking to show a sign to prove his identity as the God-man. And then, 12, it, it reads um, a little bit like a Hebrew oath. It's almost like he's making an oath and he kind of trails off and doesn't finish it. He's, it's almost as if Jesus is saying, if I were to give a sign, may I die. If I were to give a sign, may God punish me. It's almost like, why no sign? Why doesn't he want to do a miracle for the Pharisees? Why does Jesus feel so strong to They're coming to Jesus not to find and meet and know the God-man. They're coming to Jesus to test. So Jesus doesn't bite. He doesn't show off his powers. He chooses to not give a sign. He doesn't need or just to answer these skeptics. Now, is Jesus revealing who he is? We've been studying through the book. Continue to reveal himself as the God-man? Absolutely he has and will. He absolutely has already been. And yet these Pharisees have hard hearts. They're out to lunch. The current information of what they're seeing from Jesus, and yet they're out to lunch, as we would say, because of their skepticism, their cynicism, reality that Jesus is the promised rescuer, God himself in the flesh. So Jesus doesn't give us because he knows they have hard hearts. But in a matter of time, everyone we study through the rest of the life of Jesus, he will give a sign, all right, won't he? I can't dead. He will give a sign, and everyone will see it. His glorious resurrection. And Jesus left them got into the boat again and went to the other side. The Pharisees refused to see. And so that's a sad result that I don't wish on any of us. Faced with hard hearts who don't want to see and hear. Now we're in the boat with the disciples, Jesus and the disciples in the boat. Verse 14, now they had forgotten to bring bread. Now they had forgotten to bring bread. And they had only one loaf with them in the boat. Okay. So here the disciples go off with Jesus in the boat. And you know, the rest of the time, there's crowds around. Haven't we read about the crowds that are flocking to Jesus in peace in the boat, time just with Jesus, time with, where Jesus can teach his disciples what's, how is he going to make use of this time, disciples? Well, he wants to make an example of the Pharisees, verse 15. And Jesus cautioned, hopefully keep your finger in the, in the Bible and then keep it open as I... As I keep going, verse 15, Jesus cautioned them saying, watch out, watch out, beware of the yeast of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. 
heart. Jesus is warning against the dangers of a hardened heart. The same skepticism, cynicism, unbelief that we saw with the Pharisees, that Pharisees, that makes them out to lunch in regard to recognizing who Jesus is. That Pharisees rely on themselves and their religious checklists and doing certain things and saying certain things and being a for what they hope will make them right with God, but this self-reliant attitude can infect followers of Jesus too. His disciples then and you and I now, that those attitudes will keep us from finding new and transformed life Christ. Disbelief, un- unbelief, cynicism, uh, self-reliance, reliance on, on religious check, finding a relationship with God. In verse 15, Jesus' warning seems pretty serious, doesn't it? Doesn't he use pretty serious words here? <laughs> I know you smell the chicken, so that you'd smell the chicken, hoping to shorten my sermon, but I'll, I'll have a word with them later. Okay. He's, he's saying things like, watch out, beware. It, it, we should sit up and take notice here. We should know what he wants to say. What is his warning all about? But here's where we out to lunch. Verse 16. Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. Verse 16. And the disciples began discussing with one another the fact that they had no going on. As we've seen before and we will see again, the disciples are, are unable to grasp, so they take Jesus literally. He's talking about leaven. He's talking about yeast. So they take him literally and they start going, hey, who forgot to bring the bread? I don't know. You know, I think there's a total disconnect here. They're asking the wrong questions. They think he's talking about bread. And too distracted by life, by all that's going on around them, by their own needs and their own comfort, perhaps they're just too distracted down and is trying to teach them something. It reminds me of uh, trying to talk to my kids, uh, four kids over the years, where I try to talk about one thing and I get a response about something entirely different. Any parent ever experienced that? Okay, so I'm sure there's my son Trevor, but years ago, he's 11 now, I can remember when he was about five or six, a, a typical situation with Trevor would be getting ready to leave the house, trying to get, oh, pretty soon, I need you to, you know, I need you to stop what you're doing, I need you to put on your shoes, and I need you to go to the restroom so we can get out of the house. Dad, my tree uh, annihilated by this guy. You see, he transforms from a truck into a robot. Trev, that's also what's going on right here. Jesus is trying to talk to his disciples, and he gets a completely different off-the-wall Response, warning us against the dangers of a hardened heart. I think here is one danger. A hardened heart wonders, or perhaps we should say worries. The disciples um, here seem out to lunch, and I know we could really give them a hard time, but I always, have to, I always want to clarify here. I am not making lunch, but these guys, these guys are not dumb. They knew things promised rescuer would be like. They thought they knew when, when the Messiah, when Jesus arrived, they kind of thought they knew how on the fly because it's totally different than they expected. So it's not that these guys are dumb. It's that this is a, a wild, that if we put ourselves in their shoes, we probably wouldn't have been too much sharper in figuring out who he was and what he was up to. So they're not connecting the 
A hardened heart sometimes wonders about tomorrow's lunch. Do we ever do that? Like me in college, what's meal going to come from? Do we, um, do we relate to them? Do we worry about the things of this? Um, well, what does the Bible say about that? Uh, back in chapter 4, a few weeks back, Pastor Aaron, uh, this scripture is on the screen, but he reminded us, he taught us from this uh, passage saying things like, hey, remember that distractions, worries of this life, other things, things that we worry about, desire for our next meal, th- these, these desires for other things, these worries of earthly life, to learn from God's word. And therefore, our, our relationship with Jesus is harmed so we need to be aware of earthly life choking out what God wants us to learn. Now look with me on the screen at Matthew chapter 6. What you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? Sow or reap or store away in barns and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Single hour to his or her life. Don't we do that, though? Don't we try to fix life? Thing? And I love that last question. Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? The point is that our earthly, fo- but many, many things, our earthly focus can distract us from kingdom living. Distract us from living for Jesus, living um, in his kingdom. What have we learned as we've, as we've studied through the rival inaugurated the kingdom of God, that, that God's rule and reign is being established. Jesus is, God's kingdom is being established. And so when we have an earthly focus instead of a kingdom focus, we worry when we, when we stress, when we focus on what's best for me, when our earthly focus is too small on the big picture, we're missing out on what God is doing, kind of like the distraction of the beautiful smell of grilling chicken. Beautiful, amazing smell. There's tons of chicken grilling outside for you to eat soon. But it distracts us some through us. Does, um, so I want you to think about that for a minute. Does, does your uh, next meal will come from, does that prevent us from hearing from Jesus in our lives at times. Things of this earth and that we miss out on what God has for us. What is it that prevents you from hearing? Is it you're wanting to stick with your routine and the way things are you're used to doing things and that keeps you um, thinking about your own preferences and not hearing what God may in you? What is getting in the way of your growth, of you following? of your relationship with God. And we take that from God using us to share the love of God with others. How does our earthly focus, and this is something I need to help others meet and follow and find life in Jesus. I think as, as, I think as dangers, I think as people that are used to being in church and maybe have been in church for a while, myself included, I think 
We, can, we, we become concerned about our next spiritual meal. The way we are, uh, and, and, and our preferences about the way church is done and about the way, things should, the way decisions are made and the, the kinds of things we do and say. But if, if church is all about me, or if church is all about you that have been here for, be welcomed. And how will more people, near and far, focus is, is too much on self, is too much on ourselves as individuals or our church family or the way things are supposed to be, how we think they're going to affect huge areas for our own spiritual growth and for God's um, plan. I got one of my props. Darn it. I was going to put on my pair of solar eclipse shades and talk about how God's future is so bright for you and for family. But God's doing things. And God has places for me to grow individually and for you to grow individually in your relationship with Jesus. And God is at work. has done great things through Faith Evangelical Free Church. He is doing great things through Faith Evangelical Free Church. And he's going to just stick in with where we're at. You with me? A very simple example that you guys are being so flexible on this morning. And I face here in our worship center, making space both in our seating and in our hearts for all the people that have been with that. Um, you know, we have had some full Sundays this summer, and uh, you never know, September and October could be even more full in here. You could have to be praying for our leaders here, our staff and our elders are, are prayerfully considering and, and seeking the Lord's wisdom on whether or not we should add a second people that God wants to come through these doors and hear the good news of Jesus. So as you can be praying for that, but in the meantime, what is our... It's easy to have our own seat. It's easy for us to come in here on Sunday morning because we know people. If we've been here for a while, we know them coming here for the first time. Do they feel welcomed or do they feel like an outsider? Can they find a seat or do we accidentally give the impression that there's no place? Don't get me wrong. I am finding Faith Evangelical Free Church in our first several months here to be a very warm and welcoming place. But I'm a little bit unusual and high profile. But I'm also hearing lots of, of, of stories that, that, that many of our guests and visitors are finding our church family to be, continue to be. You with me? Okay. So God's word just told us that we don't want to worry about tomorrow. Lunch. And the flip side is this, that a follower of Jesus focuses on his voice. Not the smell of chicken grilling. In John... Jesus teaches us that he is our good shepherd. This is on the screen for you. Jesus speaking, he says, The sheep come and he leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him because why? Because life won't distract me from his voice. I pray for you that the worries, our earthly focus, our concern for our next meal, our one and asking God to help us follow him, obey him, be useful in his mission and not be distracted from his mission for me as a dad and as a pastor is to help us help our children learn to listen to God's voice in their so let's ask God to give us wisdom and give us the words to help us to raise our children in such a way that they learn to not be distracted by the things of the day. and one little way we're trying to help parents do this is this seminar opportunity coming up that you heard about from Debbie a few minutes ago it's to come together if you have students that are fifth grade and up we invite you to bring them 
and you parents come along with them. There's information on your opportunity to discuss important things with our children, to open conversations, to learn how to help them to think, uh, how to hear the voice of Jesus in, in all that's in, that they're facing. So I hope you'll join us on the 9th. Back to... So remember, verse 15, watch out, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. Verse 6, beware of this, said to them, why are you discussing the fact that you have no bread? That's not what I was telling you, to see and having ears to hear. And do you not what? Do you not remember? Here's another danger. Our first danger was that a hardened heart worries about tomorrow's lunch. But listen to this one too. That a heart, what do I mean by that? Well, let's listen as Jesus reminds them of what was for lunch yesterday. And I want you to help me with this part. Let's look at verses, uh, end of verse 18, the answer that the disciples give, okay? So here we are at the end of verse 18. Jesus says, do you not remember when I broke, full of broken pieces did you take up? And they said to him, 12 basketfuls of leftovers. And into feeding 4,000, how many baskets full of broken pieces did you take up? And they said to him, seven. Do you not yet understand that I am with you, that I can provide, that you don't have to worry? The disciples, look at that, what we just read. About chapter 6 and chapter 8, they know how many baskets full. They saw what happened, that Jesus provided for them. That everyone ate, and the Bible says, was, was enough plus leftovers. And we want to, we want to, but I know I can relate. Can you? I know I can relate to having experienced his blessing, having experienced his guidance, and then I look back and go, huh? God is creator, giver of life. Over and over, he is more than enough. Yet I forget. If that's the case, then what should we strive for as followers of Jesus? Let's remember his faithful provision. Let's remember his faithful provision. Provision. The Bible says in Hebrews 10.23, this is on the screen, let us hold unswervingly. Let me have, let me have you read this. To the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful, a fully devoted father. So instead of worrying about tomorrow's lunch, instead of forgetting about yesterday's lunch, faith-free church, let's cling to the hopeful who provides, who is more than enough, plus leftovers. Stand with me as we pray. Words of Jesus that are out to lunch, and yet I am, Father. I, I worry about my next meal. I worry about the other pressures of the and the stresses and the questions. Lord, but we don't want to be followers of Jesus who are out to lunch, who are thick-headed, who are heart, and not your identity as the God-man, God with us. So, Father, help and not be distracted by earthly things. God, help us to strive to remember your faithfulness to us in the pit about yesterday's lunch. Give us opportunities to reflect and remember and give you thanks 
God, remind us of the great things you have done. We thank you first and foremost for sending your son. We thank you for the life, death, and right with you, for us to be friends with you, for us to find new life now and life eternal. We give you the need. In you, we are satisfied. You are more than enough. Plus, you are a rock. You are with us always. Help us to walk with you as you call us to follow you. 